and welcome to another episode of Wolf Disney. We are two sisters who grew up with very little exposure to the Disney movies. And so this is our podcast of us going through the movies in chronological order and talking about them. My name is Natalie. And I'm Sarah. And so disappointed in Natalie's delivery right now. Welcome to Wolf Disney. Yay! It's a podcast where we go through the movies in chronological order, if that was not clear. Wait, we're doing these in order? Yeah, you didn't watch the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland, did you? I maybe have would did do that. I did do that. Was I not supposed to do that? Today's movie is Alice in Wonderland from the year um, 1951. Um. You know what I realized while you were doing the introduction? Um, this, I have the, um, the background from The Office as my Zoom background. Um, Stanley's doing a crossword puzzle behind me. But the way it works is that if I move a certain way, I'm kind of like the Cheshire Cat, where like parts of my body disappear. I'm trying to make it just so you can only see my, my like mouth, because that to me was really creepy in the movie. All right, so today for our icebreaker, Sarah and I both took a um, quiz from the experts at BuzzFeed to find out which character we are most similar to. Um, you wanna go first? Sure. Um, I got Alice. Did you get Alice also? No. Oh, are you mad that I got Alice? Yeah, I like Alice a lot. Okay, well, mine says, you're quite the inquisitive person. You see the world a little different than your friends. You have a passion for learning new things and take matters into your own hands. Sometimes you make the wrong decision, but you learn from your mistakes and continue your adventure. Do you think that's true for me? Yeah, and some of it, but also you just got a really long description. Mine is like three sentences long. (laughs) Well... I don't know. I mean, mine is the main character. There's a lot to go off of, but um, the question that made me laugh the most, though, was what would you play with the queen? And I was starting to stress out from all the different sports, but then one of the options was I don't do sports. I was like, yeah, thanks. Yeah, once I heard you laugh, I thought I knew it was probably a question behind you, and I got to that, and I was like, yep, that's what you laughed at. <laughs> um, I got the Cheshire Cat. Oh, yeah sorry you cheeky devil you're the jokester of the group you like messing with people even if it gets you in a little trouble you try to look at the at the lighter side of life and bring others along for the ride that's not terrible when's the last time you messed with somebody well i haven't seen human beings since around march 13th um your birthday pandemic no uh now, I am known to stir the pot for the sake of entertainment. Never really like serious things, just when people get too comfortable. Um, you should really just attach this episode to your PIF when you're looking for your first ordained ministry job. Be like, how do I work with other people? Just listen to this podcast and you'll see how great I am. I don't do that in professional spaces, I don't think. Um, huh? Good save. That was a good save. Well, when I took the quiz, um, 
I took a long time reading the one that says choose a quote you relate to because one, I didn't remember any of these quotes happening in the movie. Two, then I thought of an alternative game that wouldn't really work for the two of us, but if we had a guest on, it would work of Jesus or Alice in Wonderland. Oh. Or like Bible or Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Um, I read that when I saw nothing is impossible. The word itself says I'm possible. <laughs> um, I mean, I hope it'd be clear that was Alice in Wonderland, but it is kind of, yeah. The Bible's not written in English, Natalie, so that joke would not work. In, like, Greek or Hebrew. It's also, like, the opposite of saying, like, with God. It's saying, like, with humanity, anything's possible. Yeah, probably not in the Bible, then. Okay, well, that's why it wouldn't work for us. All right, so if you want to know what character you are, we will post this quiz on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Probably just on Facebook. Um, Wolf Disney Pod. Um, did you enjoy this movie, Natalie? Um, I did. I enjoyed this movie more than I thought I was going to. And I think a large part of it is what happened when I watched Cinderella is that it was just, um, way more pleasant to watch than the previous live action movies that we watched by Disney. I watched it with two friends who are knowledgeable of Disney, um, but they had also not seen it in a long time. So that was helpful. Um, got lots of fun facts from Josh throughout the movie of who was voicing who and who else they play later in the Disney world. Um, lots of, there are actually, like I recognize most of the names in the credits um, from our Disney journey so far. Yeah, there were a lot of familiar voices. Was the voice of the Mad Hatter, is he Uncle So-and-so on Mary Poppins? The guy that loves to laugh? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, It also, I still don't think I've seen this movie before, before this week, but, um, it was nostalgic for me in two ways. Um, one was that, at least I grew up, I think you did too, maybe. I did, I did grow up. With um, the Michael Feinstein children's CD that has, I think that's just pure imagination or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has, yeah, it has a whole like Alice in Wonderland, like sweet or medley thing. Um, I, did you though? I was, I was, when they got to the um, the the tea party, I was like, I know all these verses by heart, and then there were no verses. Yeah, they don't sing. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if I think there must have been like a like a stage production of it at some point, and so I wondered if that's if they were in that one. Yeah. Well, I kept reading whenever I, like I researched Alice in Wonderland. I kept reading that. Um, at least the theme Alice in Wonderland is like a very popular like jazz standard now. Um, so huh. I don't I don't know if that's I don't know if that's just the Alice in Wonderland song or like the How do you get to Wonderland? Da, 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 da. That yeah, one. that one. Yeah. Huh. Um. Yeah, but 
yeah so i realized that i knew like most of the songs which i did recently listen to that whole album on my birthday on march 13th so it's a good i love that it's album. a very good album this is a, a pitch to parents who need music for their kids all the songs on it are very good they're yeah. very funny too there's one about giving adults don't give adults a hard time because they're just like trying their best and uh, be kind to your parents be kind to your parents that's what it is yeah. um yes i love that album um yeah so that was nostalgia has sorry one more thing it also has lydia the tattooed lady from the marx brothers at the circus um and it's been a while since we've had a marx brothers reference on our epi- on our podcast so there it is there it is um the second nostalgic point was that i remembered during this movie that um i did not grow up sarah too for the most part yeah neither of us really grew up with video games um and for some reason i would love to ask mom and dad this for some reason i had a game for microsoft and i looked it up and it was a disney game and it was called revenge of the villains and i remember it being scary to me but i still played it um and it starred um the queen from snow white captain hook the queen of hearts um and like maybe one other like main villain Um, no um actually the, the other one that i remember is um the ringmaster and dumbo um so also like not a lot of major villains but um weird ones but the queen of hearts i remember that being a main character and like one of the games was having to paint over all the roses and so once that started i was like i know i have not seen this movie but i this is i've done this before um and that's what that's from so mom and dad i'd love to know who bought that for me why of every disney game you bought me the villains game um because that's not terrifying do you think it like came out of a cereal box or something? <laughs> I don't like, I think that used to be a thing. Yeah, but this is like a it was a you long wanna, game. Do you wanna call mom? Sure. They're eating dinner right now, I bet. They're gonna she's gonna love it then. She loves being interrupted at dinner time. Really don't call parents that often, huh? <laughs> uh, and yeah, she's under Anne for you. Under mom for me. Hi, Natalie. Hey, mom. Hey, mom. Can you hear Sarah? Yeah, what's going on? Oh, we're recording the podcast right now, but we had a question. Uh-huh. Um, do you remember the Microsoft game I had that was all the Disney villains? You mean a computer game? Yeah. I don't remember that. Okay. Did you ever buy Natalie a computer game? What? Did you ever buy Natalie a computer game? I don't remember. Okay. I had a a game, a Disney game on the computer that was Revenge of the Disney Villains. And so we're trying to figure out why that was ever purchased for me. Why what? why that was ever purchased. I do not remember purchasing it if I did. Do you think it came out of a cereal box? 
Didn't they used to be a thing? Did you... a CD? Or a... Yeah, it was a CD. Yeah. Did we buy it at Disney World? No, I don't think we bought a computer game at Disney. I hope not. Yeah. That doesn't sound like us. <laughs> okay. I, I don't remember that, Natalie. Okay. Sorry. Have you, have you seen Alice in Wonderland? What? The movie? Yeah. Yeah. You like it? I think so, yeah. Did you guys watch it in college? No. Oh. I think it's a thing for your generation. Huh. Like to watch it and do drugs at the same time? Without drug, because go ask Alice. What? Go ask Alice. What is that? What's the, um, or, what's the group's name? Gail, what's Gail Slick? Who was she with? Um, Starship, Jefferson Star. Star Airplane? Yeah, you should listen to it. Yeah, Jefferson Airplane, you should listen to that. Is it about drugs? Thanks, so, yeah. Thank you for this educational experience, yeah. Mom. About Alice in Wonderland. Okay. Well, we'll look it up. Okay. All right. We're going to be back to the podcast. We're just wondering okay. if anybody knew the origin of that video game. I don't know. I'm sure I can help with that, but listen to this song. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Love you. Oh, love you too. <laughs> <laughs> you cut Mom off. Uh, uh, that song kept popping up in my research. Okay, but like, it's also a book. Remember, it's like anonymous. It's White it's, Rabbit. What is it? It's called White Rabbit. Yeah, it's not Go Ask Alice. That's a book that came out in the seventies. Yeah, it's really famous with young adult literature. I think. Was it called White Rabbit? Yeah. One pill makes you larger and one pill makes you small. The ones the, that mother gives you don't do anything at all. Go ask Alice when she's 10 feet tall. And if you go chasing rabbits and you know you're going to fall, tell him a hookah smoking caterpillar has given you the call. He called Alice when she was just small. When the men on the chessboard get up and tell you where to go and you've just had some kind of mushroom and your mind is moving low, go ask Alice. I think she'll know. When logic and proportion have fallen sloppy dead and the white knight is talking backwards and the red queen's off with her head, remember what the dormouse said, feed your head, feed your head. Obviously, um, that's about love. Um, and um, mom and dad were like seven years old when the song came out. Um, <laughs> were they really? Yeah, it's in 1967. Oh my gosh, they were. I have so many questions about their childhood now. I think grandmommy had it on a record. I don't think that's true. Oh, that's a weird, that's a weird song, mom. Thanks for pointing us to it. Should we get back to the movie? All right. All right. Oh, Slick said that the composition of the song was supposed to be a slap to parents who read their children such novels and then wondered why their children later used drugs. Oh, well. Interesting. I mean, so in my research, it said that this is the best, this book, the book is the best example of the literary nonsense genre. <laughs> so, I mean, it is nonsense. Like, yeah. and when I was teaching, one of my first lessons in my first year of teaching was um, we looked at the, the Jabberwocky, yeah. which the Cheshire Cat 
quotes a couple times. Um, and in that poem, Lewis Carroll just um, substitutes regular nouns and verbs and adjectives with made up words. But it's in, in such a way that if you read it, you could, you kind of know what it's about, even though it's nonsense. I, I think considering this movie had zero plot, I think I did a very good job of keeping up with it. I would push back that it does have a plot. I say it barely has a plot. She is in Wonderland and first she's trying to follow the white rabbit and then she's trying to just get home. It's, it's a journey, it's a story of the, for the ages. Everyone is just trying to get home. Natalie. I don't think she was ever trying to get home and that's what, that's why I, I have, I, I like a lot of stuff that Alice said throughout the movie, but I was constantly frustrated that she just never, she just wanted to follow the rabbit and she never once was like, how do I get out of this hole I fell down? That was never a concern to her. Yeah, that was in a couple of my notes where she was just like, like she follows the rabbit into the hole and then all of a sudden she's falling and she just says things like, oh, 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 she's like, I'm glad I wasn't wearing something else or because her like dress catches her or something. Oh, and she's saying goodbye to Dinah. Goodbye, Dinah. Goodbye. Or down. Goodbye, Dinah. Goodbye. She's way too nonchalant about this situation right now. I wrote very nonchalant about this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would be freaking out. She just keeps, keeps falling. And yeah. she's like, yeah, okay. And then, and then, you know, the whole movie, she sees so many crazy things and she's still like, gotta follow this white rabbit. Like you've seen a lot of crazier things than the white rabbit, like who's late for something. Yeah, you don't know what he's late for. Yeah, and and so far, just about everything she's seen has had, like, some kind of dark, like, twist to it. So it's like, why would you expect this white rabbit to be all good when you catch up with him? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think in order to, I think I went into this movie telling myself to put down two guards so I could enjoy the movie. And one of them was that, uh, well, actually an afterthought thinking about the movie is that like a lot of it really is what Lewis Carroll wrote. Like I feel like I, a lot of the reviews I read like were very negative about this movie. And I'm just like, well, a lot of the things that you're criticizing are just the things that were in Lewis Carroll's. Like maybe the thing is like Disney should have never made it. I don't know. Yeah. Two, from the start, I had to recognize that Alice and I don't have a lot in common. That's not how my brain works. I have never, like her little daydream song, I, I wanted to just give up on her in that moment where I was like, we're going to have nothing in common. But later we do have, I appreciated her more later. But from the start, I had to recognize that we were just going to be different people and I was going to have to appreciate Alice for who she was and not who I wanted her to be. Really good realization. I just found a blister on my ankle. Two steps forward, one step back on this podcast. Yeah. In the end, I also think Alice, she has a lot of really good, like, one-liners. Like, she just says stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I get that. Um, One of them is towards the beginning after she, like, starts uncontrollably crying for no reason. 
Um, and then she realizes that she's like flooded the place and she just says, I wish, I wish I hadn't cried so much or something like that. Um, I just liked that. Um, but we should get, you have to be there. You have to watch it. Um, I did watch it. It's not good when I, you know, the deliverance is not here. Ah. So you like Alice for her comedic timing is what you're saying. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and then, uh, the whole Tweedledee and Tweedledum scene, um, I loved that scene. Oh, um, I did not. I re- I really don't like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. This happens throughout the movie of her like deep commitment to being polite, but also being like, I'm in a hurry. Um, but like the first thing she says to them really, I think is, well, it's been nice meeting you. Goodbye. And like starts to walk away. Um, and she says, she like kind of rephrases that multiple times without like actually interacting with them. Um, I liked it. Like every church potluck when you're yeah. just trying to get away from the dessert table and sit down. Yeah. Did you have like favorite characters? Well, on that BuzzFeed quiz, I did say Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Um, so, but I don't remember many other characters. My favorite character was not on the BuzzFeed quiz as an option. Oh, wait, I know who my favorite characters are is okay. the oysters. Yeah, that was a They're weird. really cute. They were really cute. Um, do you know why the mother oyster had a calendar? Um, in my notes, I said Jesse had to explain to me the month with our rule. <laughs> There's a seafood shop in Stanton, and um, it's not up right now because it's July, but once the months with ours start coming up again, they have a big sign that says oysters are in with like the letter R. Um, but they don't have a pirate like illustrating it. They're kind of missing out on like a double joke there. Um, Speaking of which, today I passed a sign on my walk that says bike parking, but it's bike parking. And I was like, is it so weird to place pirate joke? Is it a real like city sign? No, it's like oh. on, like a community garden. Um but still, I was just like, why did you do this? Okay, that's weird. And I just need to say now, because if any of my friends listen to this and I don't mention this, uh, at one point, Lucas's job was to be an oyster shucker. He talks about it a lot. Like he hard. really, he did that? The reference he makes a lot in his life is his days as an oyster shucker. And he says oyster, oyster. Oyster. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's just there. That's a disclaimer. I said it. Um, well, they're very cute in the movie. They have little skirts and they dance and it's really, it's, it makes it even sadder when they do die. <laughs> when he um, eats them. <laughs> fortunately, they don't show that part. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote, I wrote before, before that part, that happens around probably the 15 minute mark point of the movie. Sure. At 12.05, um, in the movie, I wrote too weird for me, so... <laughs> Uh-huh. And that was probably when you were meeting Tweedledee and Tweedledum. No, it's when they, like, have a little, like, weird circle dance oh, around the, the rock. The caucus race, which yes, I could not, could not figure out what that meant. And it's, I mean, that's what's frustrating is that the whole thing is nonsense. <laughs> yeah. But I, and I'm, like, trying to find meaning in it. I'm realizing that now that that was, like, a futile effort. But, yeah, I was like, what the heck is a caucus race? Like, should I know what this is? And so I Googled it and didn't find anything yeah but yeah that was a weird scene from the get-go um 
Yeah. Also, just like any movie, um, and I've I've said this before, um, maybe not on the podcast, but any movie that or TV show episode where the whole point is somebody trying to get home or get somewhere just stresses me out. Yeah. And so like this movie, I would call it anxiety in Wonderland instead of Alice because the whole movie, I'm just like, why does it finally at one point in the movie, she sits down on a rock and she's like, I guess the best way to get found is just stay where you are. And I was like, yes. That's the thing that people do. Like you should have in sta- Wonderland when you fall down a hole. You should have stayed where the hole landed. And then when oh, also, the woman that's with her is her sister. Did not know that until today when I was researching this movie. Yeah. I caught it in the credits. <laughs> they were doing like the voices, and it was like Alice's sister. And I was like, who the heck is Alice's sister? And then I thought back and I was like, oh, I thought that was like a governess or something. Yeah. I know who that was, but if I were Alice and I had fallen down that hole, I would have ignored the talking doorknob. I would have never eaten random food that just magically appeared that said, eat me or drink me. Um, And I would have just yelled and yelled and yelled for my sister to come get me. And maybe that would be a more boring movie. Well, see, the problem with your... um logic here is that you're speaking as if you've ever lived as a younger sister. Okay, what the heck is that supposed to mean? It means if you were a younger sister, you would know that's not really a reliable source. Um, if you were, if you'd fallen down in a hole and I heard you yelling, there was one time where you almost drowned. I was going to say, and you saw me and you did not save me. To be fair, I thought you were just a really bad, good swimmer. Okay, so there. if I were a bad swimmer, then there's a high probability that I'm drowning. I don't think I knew you were drowning. I remember you seeing me. Have, so, you, been, have you been holding on to this for 20 years? I mean, that's one of my most like vivid Cuba memories is seeing dad fishing and you with your friends on like a float of some kind and then mom running into the ocean with like full clothes on. Why were you there? <laughs> I had a noodle. I had a noodle, but I went out too far and lost the noodle. Hmm. So, you know, you got to learn the hard way, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't drown. I'm sorry that I was with my friends. I really think if I really thought you were in danger, I would have gotten you. I mean, I'm not like heartless. <laughs> Do you really have a memory of me just ignoring you? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think of it in that way, no. <laughs> but, like, like, I know I was, like, in sight of you and dad, and mom was the one who got me. I've never, like, thought of it as, like, you had a choice right then to, like, come get me. I just knew that people saw me. So, anyway, um... I was just kidding when I connected this. I'm crying if you really thought that I would like. No. Just, okay. God. You don't think that. No. You've not thought that for like 25 years that I just ignored you on purpose because I hated you. No, I was also not too and unsupervised on a noodle in the ocean. How old were you? Four? 
you couldn't have been older because we were you yeah were honestly I was, I was regardless too small to be unsupervised in the ocean yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mom and dad putting this back on you oh well that was an interesting journey we just took <clears throat> um one of my favorite characters was bill the lizard yeah who i think is like a precursor to bert from mary poppins the chimney sweep i mean he's a chimney sweep and he's got he has like an accent doesn't he he's got like a cockney accent and he's like good eye that's australian so I'm, I'm gonna stop right there um but he's it's very much uh like very bert like yeah um, and that's the scene where she's, like, growing into the house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I... That scene stressed me out, thinking back about it. No, see, I just had it. I think that's the point in the movie where I flipped and was, like, just find this, like, all this funny. Like, don't think about this too much. I just, it stressed me out because, like, don't they, they call her a monster and they're gonna, like, burn her out of the house and... Like, I was, I was frustrated with everyone. I was like, Alice, say that you're not a monster. Like, explain what happened. Um, who helps him? Is it, like, the Mad Hatter? Oh, no, no, it's, like, the Dodo or something? Yeah, it's the Dodo. <laughs> like, what? I mean, come on. I don't know. Um, the next scene after that was probably my favorite. Um, and that was the singing flowers. Yeah. I just really liked it and it felt like a breath of fresh air for me because they're just singing and I thought it was a really good job like that the animators did of imagining the personalities of different flowers but then they kind of turn on her really quickly and but even I thought that was enjoyable oh okay the thing that's funny to me is like so Lewis Carroll was writing this during Victorian England it's like a lot of a lot of the book is making <laughs> what are you doing? So the thing that was funny is that the book made fun of a lot of the different um, elements of Victorian culture that he thought were kind of stuffy and unnecessary. Um, and so, but one of those, which I've always thought was interesting, like in watching movies and reading books that take place like 1900 and earlier are like the ways that women are raised to like do things like party tricks and stuff like like we see it in Cinderella with the sisters learning that song the swing sing sweet nightingale um and then in this scene with the caterpillar he says recite something and she she stands up and she's like oh doth the busy bee which is a real nursery rhyme and then he says the crocodile one, which is Lewis Carroll's satire of that nursery rhyme. Mm. Um, but I was just like, if someone ever was like, Sarah, recite. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> I what does the Lord require of you but to do justice? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you wanted me to recite a poem, it would be like, roses are red. <laughs> um, I didn't love the caterpillar. I didn't either. Um, and also, um, I really didn't like the Cheshire Cat. Do you remember that character? Because he's the one that you're most similar to. Yes. I think people who try to find reason or meaning in this movie and book are 
uh, just doing it wrong just, and just gonna be disappointed causing themselves more pain than is necessary yeah. well i would like to talk about my favorite character who has not been mentioned yet okay and it is the king yes <laughs> i loved the king i couldn't understand why the white rabbit hated the king um because he yeah he was like and here she is the queen of hearts and then the king like pops out from behind her and he's like a foot tall he's like ahem and the white rabbit says and the king and then like one one of the deck of card soldiers goes hooray <laughs> like i just loved him he was my yeah. favorite and that scene that section my favorite where the little hedgehog guys oh gosh they're really cute they're so sleepy yeah yeah they were cute did you do any research (laughs) very briefly um two things uh well i mean just like in general came out in 1951 this is me regurgitating things i did not write down but i read um (laughs) came out in 19 what just really high quality podcast material we're delivering here. Yeah. My, Let me just regurgitate the things that I've read. This my week. notes have really just gone downhill. Um, gonna be honest for a while, this word document until like 30 minutes ago just said Shrek the musical on it. So <laughs> why um, did it say that? Getting there. Okay. Um, so this movie came out in 1951. Same uh, year as Shrek the musical. Got it. Yes. Alice in Wonderland was not successful. Um, until like the seventies when college campuses, uh, started releasing it like on like their campus theaters and things like that. Um, so 20 years later. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Okay. So, um, hatters, people who make hats in the, we'll say 1800s, let's just say for, uh, go for it. Um, 1870s. They um, were exposed to, the ones who made hats out of felt were exposed to a large amount of mercury and often died younger than others of mercury poisoning. Um, And so that's like, there's the phrase mad as a hatter, which I think is more of just like a phrase in England, not here. Um, Yeah. So the idea of the Hatter being mad is kind of sad when you think about it. Um, If he is actually like mad, like a a Hatter um, because he's poisoned. Yeah. Um, That's a dark. uh... But back to Shrek the musical. Uh, (laughs) On the Mad Hatters. I think think you should title this episode Shrek Shrek the the Musical. musical. I mean, no, uh, Alice in Wonderland. (laughs) Um, on the Mad Hatter's Wikipedia page, one of his appearances is in Shrek the Musical. So the Mad Hatter plays a small role as a fairy tale creature that has two lines and songs. Actually, it's one song. I found it on YouTube. And the two lines are, they ridiculed my hat. Oh, so he's in the, he's in the um, scene that happens in the movie where they're rounding up all the fairy tale creatures. <laughs> and so he pops up and has two lines. And one of them is, they ridiculed my hat. And the other is, I smell like sauerkraut. <laughs> so then I googled sauerkraut Mad Hatter, and 
there's like some very specific cabbage salad that's the Mad Hatter's salad. What? Yeah. Huh? What's in it? It's like apple cider vinegar, cabbage. Huh? Is it mercury? Is mercury in the Mad Hatter's salad? No, but I bet I bet grandma's probably made it before. <laughs> probably has mayonnaise. <laughs> um, mayonnaise and mincemeat and other weird Mad Hatter salad. Um it has coleslaw mix or cabbage, um, green onions, half a cup butter or margin, margarine. Oh. <laughs> Uh, broccoli. Oh, two packages of ramen noodles. Oh, I had the salad. It's the ramen coleslaw salad. Yeah. Um, almonds, sunflower seeds, half cup white sugar. Next time I see it, though, at a church potluck, I'm going to be like, oh, Mad Hatter salad. Who brought Mad Hatter salad? I love Mad Hatter salad. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say it as much as I possibly can. I it's light on the mercury. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> I'll go switch places and <laughs> make everyone change their seats. Is that all your research? No, I have one more thing. Okay. So I checked in with our friend Mary Ness and love uh, her. Yes. Um, and she covers mostly um from the point of view of like this was a flop for Disney at the time. Um, and kind of points out just like scenes that are just difficult to follow and things like that which I've already kind of said I just I don't track with that rationale like it sounds like Disney was pretty like I mean it sounds like Disney honored Lewis Carroll's stories and poems and still add a little more of like their creativity to it if you're Uh, you're looking to logically track Alice in Wonderland you're going to be disappointed yeah yeah. And it's so like, maybe the whole thing is they should never have made it or they shouldn't have made it in the fifties. Um, like that's truly a possible argument to make. It was too silly for the fifties. Anyway, at some point she gets to the scene um, <laughs> where, um, so when Alice um, gets in trouble with the queen of hearts, they um, take her to trial and <laughs> there's a clip, there's a shot of Alice at the stand and she like has her like head in her hands and just like is yawning and stuff. And so Mary Ness wrote, if the maiden character is bored by events on the screen, dot, 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 well. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that was the point where I was like, this can wrap up soon. Like I'm, yeah. I'm done with the plot. Um, I was ready for it to be done. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's my one, my one line from Mary Ness. Um, she is fast becoming one of my favorite Disney commentators, which I didn't know any of them three months ago. So yeah, we're, and, we're all growing here. Yes. You got anything else, Sarah? Yeah. Well, um, I researched Shrek 2. The musical or just the, no, the second Shrek movie? I feel like we're off track. Um, you started it, so I, I did do research, and I I read about Lewis Carroll, and not great. Ooh, did you read about him? Accidentally, <laughs> accidentally, yeah. Uh, so he is he's a bit of an odd duck. So 
Lewis Carroll is a pen name, a pseudonym, and it is for Charles Lutwidge Dodgson. That was his real name. Um, and he taught math at Oxford and he was a deacon of the Anglican church, but he's ordained. So I don't really quite understand, but I'm, I'm assuming that's different from the Presbyterian church. I mean, um, does this mean like ordained as elders are ordained? No, because he's yeah, referred to as the reverend. Oh. Yeah. So he was born in 1832 in Daresbury, a village in Northwest England. He was the third child of a clergyman. Um, and he, there were 11 children in his family. So he had a lot of companions growing up and he entertained them by making up stories. Um, he really enjoyed children and they loved him in return. Um, yeah, it gets kind of funky. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I read, I read about, so I mean, I read one article, which might not actually be true about the creation of the story. I also want to read it from the Smithsonian magazine. Cause that's where mine is from. I don't know. Okay. So he, um, he went to Oxford and at 18, he becomes a senior student, which is the equivalent of a fellow. I don't really know what any of these things mean. Um, but it's confusing. What's confusing to me is according to college rules, senior students had to be ordained as priests and take a vow of celibacy. And then the article says Dodgson evaded the ordination rule and lived at the college unmarried until his death in 1898. So I'm like, was he ordained? Because he's called Reverend. So I'm just really confused by all of that. Um, but it says, this article says, like many Victorian bachelors, he became a sort of uncle to his friend's children. And so he met all these people and he got along really well with kids. And that was just kind of the thing that happened a lot for Victorian bachelors. It's a different world. I don't quite understand it. Um, and so one of those families is the Liddell family. And they move to Oxford. Um, and it's Henry Liddell and his wife, Lorna. And then they have a bunch of children, um, including three daughters. And their names are Ina, Alice, and Edith. And so Alice is the one who um, Alice in Wonderland is based off of. And so uh, he would take the kids out on these like day long trips. Like they would go rowing. Um, and often there were other adults with them on these trips. So it wasn't like he was by himself with these children. Um, but he would like make up stories. What? Yeah. The article, I don't know. I think maybe it was the same article. I don't know. But when it talked about these trips, the one that he makes up Alice in Wonderland at least on, or supposedly did, um, yeah, it says there's another adult with him, but it's like not, anybody related to these girls either yes so i like, read that what? in a different article yeah it's another minister yeah which you're just like mm, okay yeah. i don't want to speak ill of male ministers but sometimes they're not the best um right. yeah so yes so one day in 1862 he takes the three liddell sisters um on the river and he tells them the story that will become alice in wonderland um and it's based off of the middle sister, Alice, who is 10 at the time. And she loves that there is a story with her name. Sure. And she asks him to write it down. So he writes it down and it gets published and that becomes its own little thing. Um, but the weird thing to me is that he's also um, really into photography. And so at the same time that he's publishing Alice in Wonderland, he's getting into photography. Um, 
And it's weird. Part of like this article from Smithsonian is like, uh, like in some ways this is normal in some ways. Like of the time. Yeah. Like, so he yeah. says he found no shortage of friends who wanted him to make likenesses of them or their children. Yeah. Um, and the big thing was in Victorian England, I mean, I remember just <laughs> reading about it in high school and be like, oh my gosh, like nobody had any fun in Victorian England. Like they repressed everything. And so part of it was that children represented innocence mm-hmm. and purity but according to this article, of the approximately 3,000 photographs that he made in his life, just over half are of children, 30 of whom are depicted nude or semi-nude. Yeah. Um, but, but then they say some of these portraits, even those in which the model is clothed, might shock our sensibilities, but by Victorian standards, they were conventional. Photographs of nude children sometimes appeared on postcards or birthday cards, and nude portraits skillfully done were praised by art studios. So Victorians saw childhood as a state of grace. Even nude photographs of children were considered pictures of innocence itself, Um, which I guess I see, but I also see how quickly that can be (laughs) um, manipulated and used for abuse. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that can be like a cultural like norm or like value, but like that's, and making one like easy way for the wrong person to be involved in this. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's no child protection policy at his church. Um, yeah. He is apparently in charge of, I don't understand it. Um, and so like one of his most famous pictures is of Alice when she is six and she's posing as a beggar child and she's wearing a dress that's like off the shoulder um, and it's, it's a very, I mean, it's just one of his most famous pictures. Um, and at the time, like that was kind of okay, but then, you know, there is some weird stuff with, um, in 1863, the relationship between Lewis Carroll and the Liddells just stopped completely. Yeah. Uh, and nobody really knows what happened, um, in like 1930 something and the 100th, or it couldn't have been 100th, um, the hundredth anniversary of his birth, um, Alice, who is now eighty, um, travels to New York City to receive to receive an honorary doctorate from Columbia University, and um, and she talks about you know he just had a great love for children like it wasn't a big deal, um, but then as early as like nineteen. 19- the 1930s, there starts to be essays of people who are trying to figure out, um, I mean, on the one hand, it's like, here's a guy, a man who is writing wildly successful children's books. Um, there must be something wrong with him. I think there's a little bit of that, of like, it's, it's like Mr. Rogers, like people look at Mr. Rogers and they're like, there's no way that man is in this purely for the children. Like there's something weird about him when like, no, Mr. Rogers was like really there for the kids. And I'm not saying that Mr. Rogers and Lewis Carroll are on the same level. No, but I think it's kind of similar in that people want to find, they want to, they're like, this doesn't feel right to me. Um, and so in the thirties, Freud is starting to emerge as like psychology changes a little bit. Great timing. Yeah. And so people are like trying to psych- psychoanalyze Lewis Carroll 
and based off of Alice in Wonderland and these pictures and um, like kind of hearsay and, you know, general public knowledge of him. And like, even some of these were, they weren't sure if they were supposed to be really like psychoanalytical or if it was satire of somebody trying to satirize Freud of being like, all right, like you can do this with anyone. Um, yeah. So, but like there, there is a lot of psychological profiling done of Lewis Carroll that, that does suggest that he had an inappropriate relationship mm-hmm. with Alice but it seems like it's more romantic feelings wise. It doesn't, there's no real evidence that he physically acted on any of these things. Um, So there's one theory that um, Lewis Carroll Dodgson, whatever you want to call him, um, maybe proposed marriage um, to Alice's parents to get married to Alice because she would have been 11 at the time. It says that was too young, even by Victorian mores. Um, but I mean, I remember reading about marriages back then. I'd be like, oh, she was 14. Right. Wow. Um, but still, you know, there's just some, some weirdness, um, in this article from the Smithsonian, um, the writer, somebody tries to, to interview the sisters because there were three sisters and Alice does not want to talk. Like she's, she doesn't want to have any part of it. Um, one of the reasons is that maybe she's sick, but other but people are kind of like, maybe she just didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. This is when she's like 80. Yes. When she's 80. Yeah. But her older sister, um, started to talk about it and she said, um, his manner became too affectionate to you, to Alice, as you grew older and that mother spoke to him about it and that offended him. So he ceased coming to visit us again. Um, and so that's one of the, of the theories behind it. Um, so I read something that said, like that said that they, um, they had some kind of split the family and him, but that later, like there's evidence that like he and the parents got back together, but like he never once saw the girls or never once like was alone with them again. Yeah, I read that too, that like after a few years, they kind of reconciled, but it was just the adults. Um, And this article also says, you know, he was supposed to take a vow of celibacy, um, but that he did write to other women that were definitely not children. And he, and he said, you know, I hope that you'll come pay me a visit. And he kind of makes fun of the Victorian um, ways where he's like, I hope you'll I believe the Mrs. Grundy risk might be altogether avoided. Um, and so Mrs. Grundy was a British society, was British society's fictitious guardian of morality. And so he's kind of making fun of the Victorian way. So it's like, uh, I don't know. It's kind of a mixed bag. Like it's hard for me to look and to know that he took pictures of children. Um, but it's also really easy to say to pass judgment on a past time, but like, it feels really icky to me. Yeah. It's just so weird. Like, I don't want to just judge an entire generation, but like, yes, yes. I mean, they're, they're, you know, in the Bible, children are pre- presented as like the, the perfect, like they're innocent. They have the faith, the faith of a child. Like that's what you want. But like, there just seems to be, something really 
I don't know, like manipulative about photographing naked children to be like, look how innocent they are. Like, surely somebody was like, this is not going to end well. Like, these pictures are going to fall into the wrong hands and this is not appropriate. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. It's. And just like, and like, which like, this is very much like where I, what I'm thinking about is like now parents who have kids and like who are toddlers in the age of social media advancing the question of, do I put my kid's face on Facebook? Like that is their right as an individual to decide what happens to their image. And like, that's totally not a concept that's happening. It's very similar though. Yeah. Yeah. But like, like I have to recognize like that's like a bias of the world that I'm in where like individuality and like just rights in the United States in general, like that's an important part of our values. Whereas I don't think that explicitly was happening in this time. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. No, but I do think it's important to note that like Lewis, like Lewis Carroll did this stuff, may have done some other stuff. Definitely was not the only one who was into child photography. Yeah, it was it was a practice. Like it was yeah. very common. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing that was interesting to me um was just that uh, in doing my research that this movie is kind of it's both of his novels put together. It's Alice in Wonderland and Alice, Alice Through the like, Looking Glass. Like yeah. you'll see Tweedledee and Tweedledum, The Walrus and the Carpenter, The Jabberwocky, all of that came from the sequel to Alice in Wonderland. And so they kind of put both of the stories together. Right. Um, also, I don't know where this would go in the podcast, but one of my favorite shows on the Disney Channel when we got it. I don't know why I got to see so many episodes of this because we never had the Disney Channel. Yeah. But it was Adventures in Wonderland. Do you remember this? No, I don't think so. So it, it takes place today and it's got this girl. 2020? What? In 2020? I'll wait till you're ready to be serious. Oh, in 1992? Mm-hmm. Okay. It takes place in 1992, but it take, it's not in Victorian England. What are you making that face for? I'm looking at pictures of it. It's so good. Okay. So, Adventures in... Yell, turn your mic down or something. because I'm just so excited. Sorry. Adventures... What is that face for? I'm looking at pictures of this show, and it's scary, Sarah. What is scary? Okay, that's the queen... The Mad Hatter. I understand what's happening in this picture. Okay, so it is, um, it takes place in 1992, in the 90s, and Alice has this looking glass in her room that she can go in and out of into the Wonderland world. And it was so fun. Like, Tweedledee and Tweedledum were rappers. Um, They were, like, very reminiscent of MC Hammer. Like they wore hammer pants and danced. Um, and I just loved it so much. Like, do you think I could find it on Disney Plus? Because I would totally watch it again. Why not? Because they haven't put, I mean, like, there's still like, uh, there's still like actual things people watch that they still have not put on there yet. 
are you telling me that more people want to watch Hamilton than Adventures in Wonderland? Really not what I was referring to, but um, it's probably not in Disney Plus. It's so good. I It was my favorite show. Like, I really want to go watch it now. Probably there's something on YouTube, right? Yeah. Okay. I might go watch that. It was just so good. The first, sorry, hold on. No, I see you raising your hand because you're going to like tell me it's horrible. But the first um, episode's title is Herstory in the Making. Herstory, not history, Natalie. How do they time? Herstory. Okay, what do you want to say? Um, on a list of things that will not be on Disney Plus, the original and the 2005 and 2010 movies oh, will be available on Disney Plus. No, in the 2005 and 2010, the movies, I guess. There were two in the last. There are three movies. 15 years. There are three movies. But two in the last 15 years. Yeah, will be available on Disney Plus starting day one. Live action puppet series Adventures in Wonderland is not so fortunate. Ever. Ever. Oh, The Weekenders is also on this list. And Pepper Ann. Oh, I love Pepper Ann. So I would like us to get hashtag bring back adventures in Wonderland trending on Twitter. Um, what we forgot to do was choose our favorite pirate joke. <laughs> Um, you have one? Da- oh, okay. I actually have a couple of things I want to talk about. Let me remember what they were. Um, one of them is that recording. What? Oh, are you going to say something? Yeah. Okay. One of them is that, um, over the past week, I went on a trip to Ohio with my parents. Natalie did not come with us because she does not like us. I'm going to say my parents because you weren't there. Uh, went on a road trip with our parents and um dad had listened to treasure island the podcast episode and would randomly tell us pirate jokes (laughs) like completely unprompted (laughs) one of them was one of them was the one that somebody posted on facebook about the the hook um but (laughs) he told it in a way that like mom and i were like is this a joke or is this just like a long, boring story? Because he was just butchering all of all of it. I mean, it was just horrible. I um, did not realize it was your diary. I thought it was just a sad, handwritten story. What is that from? Bridesmaids. Yeah. And, um, what's her face is her sister-in-law. Yes. <laughs> I did not realize this was a joke. Her, this her roommate. Yeah, her roommate's sister. Telling us in line. Why are you reading my diary? Um, no, so I have I have uh, jokes in text message form because people don't follow rules. We asked for you to email us. We did. Um, my boss this summer, John Wiker, um, <laughs> which John, um, 24 hours later, I realized why you were texting me this joke. I forgot that we asked for jokes. Um, <laughs> Is it a pirate joke? Yes. And you forgot? I mean, like, I knew we talked about it, but I thought that we, like, asked for pirate jokes. And so I was like, <laughs> this can't happen. Uh, one of my favorite jokes is a pirate joke. 
What is a pirate's favorite letter? The C. I said it's either R or C or neither of those. Um, Which gives you the right answer. Uh-huh. He said, you think it's R, but it's really the C. And then uh, my hold friend. On, hold on. Do you feel obligated to say that joke because he is your boss this summer? No. John Waker, I feel like you're taking advantage of my sister. No. Um, John asking, asks me about the podcast every every week. He's one of our loyal listeners. Did uh, you say that I commented on something he posted this week about you? Um, no. Um, it was about trombones. No, I did not see that. Um, I have, I have the joke. Somebody submitted the joke that dad tried to tell us that took him 20 minutes. uh And so it's a good one. Who submitted it? Um, Alice. hmm? Cite your sources. I'm going to. Allison Arve submitted it. Uh, A newly recruited cabin boy gets to meet the captain. He's a grizzled old scallywag, and the young boy is amazed. Wow, how did you get the peg leg, he asks. Yar, the captain replies. It was blown off by cannon fire during a sea battle, but me crew were the ones sending the rats down to Davy Jones that day. Oh, wow, says the boy in awe. What about your hook for a hand? Yar, the captain replies. It was sliced off by cutlass when I was locked in battle with me mortal enemy, but twas I that ran me blade through his heart. Golly, the boy exclaims. What about the eye patch? The pirate captain blushes. Seagull pooped in me eye. <laughs> what? The boy is horribly confused. How does that make sense? The captain shrugs. Well, it was me first day with the hook. Mm-hmm. That's funny. That's a good one. That's a good yeah, one. I'm really uh, good. I just read that in like 15 seconds. It took dad 10 minutes to tell I that. I believe it. Um, I'm really grateful it stopped at the poop line, or it continued after the poop line. Mm-hmm. I was not going to find it funny if it was only about bird poop. Um, special niche shout out to Aaron Rue for this joke. Um, what is a pirate's favorite confession? Oh, oh my gosh. Is it in the book of confessions? Uh-huh. The barman's confession. Belhar. Belhar. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Aaron Rue, you just made my day. Um, Nick also had some good jokes, but... um, They weren't appropriate for radio? No, they just were basic, you know. Wow, Nick, I would never... Sorry, Nick. Uh, Why are pirate jokes so much fun? Um, Because they are. They'll get you hooked. Oh, that's good, too. There is one that was submitted by Mark Hill, um, which we will not repeat because it is not appropriate. Um, but special shout out to Mark. That is our dad's favorite pirate joke. He can never remember any of the parts of it other than the punchline. Um, and it was taught to him by Josh Jameson. So shout out to all of those wonderful men in our lives. Um, if you text me and ask me for this joke you can just check our facebook page and you can read it there and you can figure it out um, it's on your facebook page the punchline is mm, it's on mine 
Okay, you have, like, whenever you share stuff on your Facebook, it doesn't go into our Facebook. I don't know. Am I, is that something I can do? I don't know. Yeah, don't get mad at me for something you don't know how to fix. Okay. Uh, scary scale. God, I have to start preparing these recordings. Um, let's give it a five. I was thinking six, so that's, I think that's good. There were some scary moments. What was the most scary to you? Well, it turns out I stopped taking notes um, during the oyster scene, so. That was 15 minutes into the movie, Natalie. Um, so, um, I feel like I would say there's like, there's like a, a scary woodland scene, but that's, um, it like very much in our, <clears throat> there is a woodland scene that is supposed to be scary. I think when she's crying and like finally like starts to lose her energy for this whole excursion. Her adventure, I guess you would say. Um, and as my friend Josh pointed out, um, it's very reminiscent of Snow White's scene when she is also in the woods. Um, I actually didn't think it was that scary. I think the... Um, what about the queen? No. Off with their heads? Like... Well, they don't show them getting guillotined. Guillotined? Guillotine. You don't pronounce those L's right? Oh my goodness. We had the same education, but I... We, we didn't have the same education. We, you got to be educated in multiple school districts. And I only got, I only got one. In South Carolina. In Cuba. And Cuba, which was not a good education. Um, yeah, I think the scariest is the Cheshire Cat. Um, yeah, I didn't like him. The Cheshire Cat and just the idea of Alice, like, like the mushroom thing where she's, like, getting too big and then too small, like, that variable that continues um, was frightening to me. Yeah. Um, um, for me, it's just, I guess, I guess I need to come to terms with the fact that your scary scale is not mine. And that mine is probably more psychological and yours is more obvious. Um, Visual? What? Visual? Sure. Whatever. Um, But like, to me, this whole being in a wonderland where you cannot, you do not know where you are. You do not know how to get home. Nothing is familiar. Logic does not exist. Words are made up. Verb tenses are made up. Sure, sure, sure. What? But for 90% of the adventure, Alice is not frightened or scared. Yeah, because she's... She's frustrated and, like, confused, but she really... She's naive. Okay, sure, she's naive. Every woman we've met in the Disney world so far has been naive. That's true. Um, but you did say, like, you were nervous for her, like, when she first even went down the rabbit hole. Like, where's she going to go? How's she going to get out of it? Like, Right. And I've already said that being nervous for me does not equate to it being scary. Okay. I don't, I don't understand your scary scale now. Okay. That's fine. 
So which one's so, your favorite? So every week, Natalie has a made-up scale that only she can understand. And if you would like to disagree with her scale, scary scale, then then let us know. And you can do that by emailing us at Wolf Disney Pod at cast. Cast. I thought it was cast at gmail.com. Let me make it Wolf Disney Pod. You said that sounded dumb. Ooh. Mm, okay. Uh, or just tweet us or find us on Facebook. I don't even know anymore. Instagram. So, um, I listened to last week's podcast, and you do a horrible job of introducing this next segment, and so I would like to try. Go for it. Every week, we list, we rank. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Interesting. Every week we rank our favorite movies. Not really. We just pick our favorite one. Every week we pick our favorite movie out of all of the ones we've seen so far. Right now, Natalie is holding strong with Bambi, mm-hmm. which is bizarre. And I'm holding somewhat strong with Cinderella. Natalie, what's your favorite movie? Bambi. Oh my God, are you serious? Yes. Sarah, what are you uh, choosing? I'm choosing the 1992 version of Adventures in Wonderland. No, no, no. I'm going to go with Alice in Wonderland. Okay. There were, as much as I hated it, (laughs) I didn't hate it. And you never spoke about Cinderella that way, but okay. Okay, well, so Cinderella has themes that are frustrating to me as far as like what men can do for women sure Alice in Wonderland has no romance involved other than the king and queen um which we know is a tragic love story um and I I laughed out loud at a couple moments and I think we know that for me that's going to be what matters is the laugh out loud factor the lol factor if you will I don't know what's next uh, Peter Pan Oh, okay. Is this the one with Robin Williams? Yes, actually. Yeah. Here for it. So Natalie, have you seen Peter Pan? Um I don't think I have. Okay. Do you have a prediction for what the movie is about? No. <sighs> Hook is one of my favorite movies. It's definitely like one of my favorite kids' movies. Um, but it's a movie I will watch. Like if it's on TV, without a doubt, I am there. I'm watching it. Um, and so I, and that being said, it took me years to understand the plot of Hook. Um, like who Robin Williams' character is, and I do, I do wonder if we will better understand Hook after watching Mr. <laughs> I think it's inevitable that we will understand Hook more after watching this. I think we'll maybe have some aha. I might actually watch Hook after watching Peter Pan. Yeah. And see I know that um, it took me a long time to understand Wendy versus Tink versus Robin Williams' wife in that movie. Who is Robin Williams' wife? Just like this woman. She's, she's Wendy's like granddaughter. Oh, he doesn't marry Wendy? No, Wendy's the old lady. Like the oh, grandma. Oh, like Titanic. 
like she's old and that there's an old lady yeah it's just like titanic sarah uh <laughs> and i hope i didn't get that wrong but i'm pretty sure that's what happens anyway um yeah so i think uh i do think tinkerbell finds peter in a window and like they fly off to neverland i think that's like in the story and there's definitely a captain hook he was in my video game and a reptile and a reptile and um the boys the neverland boys the lost boys the lost boys um and i mean i don't i don't think rufio will be in this (sighs) rufio's my favorite but i also if Hook happens and for some reason Peter leaves Neverland forever, and I don't know why. Maybe it's a cliffhanger. Say more. I don't I don't understand. Like the Lost Boys and Hook are still there and they've been there the whole time. Oh, like why you would leave them behind? Yeah, like why he like what actually no maybe it's Wendy who like makes him realize that like he wants to be in the real world but isn't in hook isn't aren't there some lost boys that like live there because there's one that loses his marvels um I know that's in hook and that also confuses me um and I don't really know I still don't get who Wendy is maybe Wendy brings Peter to Neverland and Tinker. I mean, to me, Peter and Tinkerbell are magic, right? Like they can fly. Who? Peter Pan and Tinkerbell are magic. They can fly. So, like, it seems like they would probably bring Wendy to a magic place. That makes sense. I think I'll like it. Yeah, I think I will too. It sounds like a good plot. I like Hook. I, yeah, I think we need to reemphasize. So, I'm him. also worried that I'm like expecting Hook and it won't be Hook. I'm expecting a cross between Hook and... Treasure Island. No. No. Well, maybe. But... Well, pirates. Like Captain Hook is a pirate, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. But... Um, is he a pirate? Like what if yes. he's just like a ship captain? He's screaming. Sorry. Yes. He's a pirate. He has a hook. Oh. Only pirates have hooks. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be a cross between Hook and, um, the Donkey Boys and Pinocchio. Oh. Similar vibe. Why? Just boys being boys. I don't know. That was real evil. Okay. So it'll be less evil, but with Hook, with Robin Williams will be there. And um, what's his name? Rufio. No. The guy who plays Hook. Oh. And oh. Meet the Fockers. Yeah. People think Dad looks like him. Mm, Dustin Hoffman. Yep. So Dustin Hoffman and Robin Williams will be there. Oh, and Julie Roberts. She's and Julie Roberts. Tink. Yes, she does play Tink. Um, honestly, maybe Tom Hanks will be there. He's in a lot of things. He is. 1950, what, two, three? When did this come out? I mean, possible. Well, the Wonderland is 51, so maybe if, if we are doing chronological things right, then yes. All right. 
<clears throat> We're sorry to have lost so many viewers this week. <laughs> <laughs> tune in next week for Hook. Um, that's not right. That was a joke. Okay. All right. Um, sources. Oh, God. It's been so long. Yeah, good thing I wrote mine down. All right. Uh, my sources are Wikipedia. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, Smithsonian Magazine, um, an article titled Lewis Carroll's Shifting Reputation, and that's by Ginny Wolf, which is spelled W-O-O-L-F. Mm. So we are not related. Um, and just various other, um, like poetryfoundation.org for the Jabberwocky. And my own mind. Um, I used Wikipedia, tour.com for Mary Ness's article. I used bbc.com to supplement my own knowledge of what Sarah already shared about um, Lewis Carroll and um, Alice and her sisters. Um, what did you use for your Shrek sources? Wikipedia, and I watched a YouTube video of a local production of um, Shrek the Musical. Was it Shrek the Musical? Yes, Shrek the Musical. Um, and as always, thanks to Jefferson Airplane for the song White Rabbit. Um, and to our parents for the really random guide to get us there mm -hmm. all i could hear was dad trying to talk in the background but the only word that ever came out each time was drugs so <laughs> yeah right yeah we'll be back next week with peter pan pedro pan pedro pan peter bread peter bread peter bread peter bread like peter the hunger games <laughs> or like 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 a pita sandwich p-i-t-a this has been wolf disney thanks for listening our theme song is lamb and wolf by poddington bear see you next week mm -hmm.